for Bunda Vista, episode 157. My name is Andrew. I'm here in Australia's deep, deep state. Uh, we have one. It's right down in a bunker. Uh, over there, just to my right on a computer, doctoring everybody's Twitter posts. Uh, it's Theo. Hi, Theo. Hey, how are you going? I get paid $490,000 a year uh, to edit every Twitter post that goes under the... Uh, under the username with like a little droplet in the title um, to make it seem like they're very, very stupid. <laughs> I do this every day. Very cool. Uh, and over to my left, also on a computer, uh, randomly deleting posts that express support for anything good. Mm. So Lucy. That's what I do. I'm here to uh, make sure that uh, if you don't get any retweets or likes on your tweet, that's my censorship. <laughs> that's my hand. And I'm proud of my work. <laughs> Every person who says, um, hey, I think I've been shadow banned. It was Lucy who did that to you. I did it. It's real. Obviously, Twitter is bad and it is turning all of our brains into smoked watermelon. But it was, it's also <laughs> extremely funny to bully people when they don't get any likes or retweets on their dumb posts. <laughs> that, that to me is the coolest like evolution of Twitter brain is when people just sit there with like, you know, three followers tweeting crazy stuff all day. Yeah. And then they say, hmm, nobody ever interacts with me or responds to anything that I post uh, here anywhere. I assume that the government has become involved. I also enjoy um, people that post like videos and then five minutes later, they'll like take a screenshot of it with zero views because they don't understand that Twitter's infrastructure is totally fucked and just creaking and falling like in on itself and they just don't update like indexes very fast mm -hmm. and then you go and look at it and it's got like 7.2 million views <laughs> and they're just screaming about how they're being censored anyway good place it's i love uh, being on there it makes I, me very I really, happy really enjoy it well it's part of the conditions of working here that we all have to have active twitter accounts That's so right. we can monitor people through some of them we have been monitoring uh, <laughs> so, so I went on the QAnon Anonymous uh, live stream uh, on Twitch the other day. It was very fun. Love to hang out with the boys um, to investigate some things here and there. We did take a, a bit of a look into an update on... Um, we all remember our own Fired for Truth man, the um, psychiatrist who has the Twitter handle... Kill AU Deep State, <laughs> which causes me great concern yeah, no, working here in the Deep State factory. Um, so, so we had a bit of a check in on that guy. Um, you know, I told the guys all about him. We found uh, all of his old blog posts, which are still up on that so psychiatric good. clinic's website. They have not uh, removed them, which Amazing. is very cool. Had a bit of a chat, got into that. And we also talked about a guy named K.W. Miller. Oh, God who, bless him. Yeah, who um, I guess people were starting to think was like a, a Tim Heidecker character. This guy who's like running for Congress. Mm -hmm. um, he, he calls himself a constitutional conservative. He's running for Congress in Florida's 18th congressional district. And people were starting to go like, I feel like this guy is, you know, he, he's a bit... Or something. Um, and that was all kind of muddied up when Tim Heidecker got this guy onto his show uh, and has just absolutely grilled him. So we watched that video. It was good fun, but it did sort of make you go, this guy sounds a lot like he has no idea what is being posted 
on various social media accounts in his name. Um, but one of the things that did get posted on one of his social media accounts in his name, which was very funny to us, was this. <clears throat> Beyonce is not even African-American. She is faking this for exposure. Her real name is Anne-Marie Lastrassi. She is Italian. <laughs> This is all part of the Soros deep state agenda for the Black Lives Matter movement. Beyonce, you are on notice. Hashtag Great Awakening. Hashtag QAnon. Hashtag Where We Go One, We Go All. Hashtag Trump 2020. Mamma mia. <laughs> you hate to find out that Beyonce is secretly Italian. What, what even is to gain by this? <laughs> yeah, like, who is this for? <laughs> who is this for? <laughs> I like the idea that an Italian singer was, like, less likely to be successful than an African-American singer. I don't, like... If if Beyonce is a fake Italian op, it's been a very thorough one. It's impressive. Uh, they seem to have been <laughs> documenting the life of this young Italian pretending to be black uh, for roughly 30-something years. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she was pretending to be black way on the uh, way back on the Destiny's Child soundtrack. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the the Charlie's Angels soundtrack. Mm. You know, Mamma Mia, indeed. If you look closely in the single ladies video clip, she's making the Mamma Mia hand <laughs> gestures the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I'm imagining a thing. You know how like the uh, all the alt right guys do the OK hand symbol. Mm -hmm. If you if you if you turn if you're a that secret Italian, if you're a secret Italian, what you do is you you turn your hand 180 degrees, and next thing you know, you're doing the pizza box chef kissing the fingers gesture, and that's how people know. Ben, just ben an has Italian done... just sitting in in their home watching watching the news, and someone just very surreptitiously gives the uh, kissy fingers thing, and they just nod knowingly. <laughs> They ah. immediately do the Leonardo DiCaprio pointing mm. meme. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so, so when we were watching this thing of Tim Heidecker um, interrogating K.W. Miller, he was saying, what about all this stuff that gets posted on your Twitter and everything? You know, you're saying, Patty LaBelle, you are on notice. <laughs> <laughs> um, because his account had been posting that Patty LaBelle, the, um, the soul singer, makes some kind of food product. Um, I, I don't know what it is, but the accusation was that... What 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 food product does Patti LaBelle make? Can we figure that out? I would love to know. I would love to know. Uh, pa Patti LaBelle food. Let's search mm -hmm. for that. Um, she has a frozen soul food line. So, so the accusation was that Patti LaBelle's food that she sells is, is laced with adrenochrome. <laughs> come on. Which, oh god, come on. Let's let's come not on. get into all that right here. If you would like to go down that deep dark hole yourself, listeners, feel free. Um, you know, so he's it's Patty LaBelle, you are on notice. Tim Heidegg is asking him, What what's your problem with Patty LaBelle? And he's like, Who is Patty LaBelle? in response. So wow. it seemed very likely that this guy is just a, a great big stooge. Um, who has made a bunch of money, now doesn't know what to do with himself, is running for Congress and has hired uh, some weird alt-right chuds. Oh, this, is, this is the alt-right version of the Gravel Teens. That's exactly what I said on the live stream. Ah, there yeah. you go. All right. 
So Ben's done a bit of research for us here, um, despite not being with us today. Rest in peace to the skeleton of Ben. Mm, miss him. All of this comes from literally one comment on an Instagram post with photos of Beyonce. Uh, there is a reply from JJW Webb. You know Beyonce isn't black, but a dark Italian. A that, dark Italian. Dark, I'm not thinking skin color. I'm thinking evil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like dark all elves. Italians. Yes. I'm going to have to go look up. There, there must be a Morrowind oh. uh, mod out there that makes all of the elves into Italians. Oh, no. Oh, Mamma mia. Oh. That's so good. Dark Italians. <laughs> uh, it's Waluigi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not even a last night storm I could awake you. Oh. Oh. <clears throat> Beyonce isn't black, but a dark Italian. She fakes being black because she was told by her producers, go black and you will have a greater audience appeal. Her real name is Anne-Marie Lastrassi. You will soon find out what I say is true. She, Beyonce in scare quotes, duped a lot of people. How embarrassed you now. Oh, there was egg on my face. I had no idea. Thank ben you, continues in the notes here. Unfortunately, that account has now gone private. Uh, ben well, tried- a, a dead person is not allowed to operate an Instagram account. Mm, that's that's right. true. That's Killed true. for Once the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, ben says, I tried to find out more about uh, Jerry Webb, but unfortunately, every 60-plus-year-old man in the U.S. is called Jerry Webb. He appears to have pulled Anne-Marie Lastrassi out of his ass entirely. Ah, oh, damn. My goodness. Uh, I, love that, I love that there is just now so much content out there. <laughs> There's too much. Every, Some might say too much. <laughs> every possible combination of reality is like just continually being tried out like just two pieces against each other to see if they fit uh, and you end up with Italian, Italian Beyonce, Beyonce like some lathe of heaven bullshit it's I'm starting to think it's having an effect on my brain <laughs> wake up and you look at Italian Beyonce and just go oh, okay well that makes yeah, sense yep. it doesn't even affect yep. me anymore it's just water yeah. off a duck's back now Guess that's what I'm thinking about today. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, we can all assume that Jerry Webb has been assassinated. Uh, speaking case. of assassinations, some of them are accidental. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> sure. So, now, let me, let me say that this story comes to us by way of um, New Zealand author Emma Burquist. Right? So... We're going to slap a bit of a content warning on this for having some pretty fucked up stuff in it. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a content warning for bad violence. It's also very funny, just to be I, clear. I will note that it does, it does come come to us because I saw um, Emma posting about it. Emma herself um, is an author, all around amazing person. Uh, I guess it's okay for her to post it because. Uh, she maybe last year was the maybe the year before was the um, subject of some horrible knife crime. Oh. Um, she was walking her dog in the park, and a guy ran up to her and proceeded to stab her in oh, the no. back and neck a bunch of times. Oh my god! Oh, no. um, she has written about that account. If you go to um, 
I guess if you go to her Twitter, E.E. Burquist, um, she's written this big medium post about just what happened. And she's recovered amazingly. She is obviously an incredibly strong and powerful person. Much respect to her. Uh, and that's why it was kind of funny when she posted this. So <clears throat> keep in mind, if she can deal with it, you probably can too. Uh, this is from a website called News Hub. Students nearly killed during St. Kentigern's Sweeney Todd. Now, when I first read this headline, I thought to myself, no, no surely. It can't be exactly what I think it is. Surely, um, like there was, a, you know, a bad lighting setup and a big heavy light nearly fell on somebody's head. Mm. You know, got to be something like that. Don't get ahead of yourself. Foolishly, I read the rest of the article. <clears throat> a damning WorkSafe report has emerged about the St. Kentigern School's production of Sweeney Todd, which left two students with life-threatening injuries. The report contains graphic details of other injuries during rehearsals and recommended St. Kent's be prosecuted. <laughs> now, <clears throat> when one puts on a production of Sweeney Todd, you could safely call what we are about to describe... This is the one thing we didn't want to happen. As, like as far as productions of Sweeney Todd go, you know. Uh -huh. The report contained graphic details of the other injuries during rehearsals and recommended St. Kent's be prosecuted. However, despite an in-depth investigation which was signed off by the chief inspector and supported by the families of the victims, WorkSafe ignored the report's recommendation to lay charges. On the show's opening night in April 2016... Two students were rushed to the hospital after their necks were slit with a sharp shaving razor. <laughs> On opening night. So at the actual production. <laughs> well, we better try this out for the first time. Oh, I can't. I, we can't There's, afford a prop razor. There are so many I've, steps that had to be ignored for this to happen. <laughs> it's... You just, it's a high school production. Is it a high school pro production? Is that what St. Kentigern's is? Is that right? I assume. It like, I'm, like I'm going to, yeah, you I'm going to. You paint a piece of cardboard gray. That's what yep. everyone does. Yep. Um, there are so oh. many things you could have done to have this there, not happen. So Everything, many. yeah. Just anything would have been better than. In fact, it seems this. like a lot of effort to go out and buy a real <laughs> razor for this. Yeah. I don't have one. I don't own one of those. Well, the the demanding production standards of the St. Kentigerns <laughs> Theatre yeah, Department. It must be believable. <laughs> I must have a pearl-handled razor. <laughs> um, all right, so just cover your ears for a second if you're squeamish. If you do have in-ear headphones on, that is not going to help. Uh, <clears throat> it's going to make it worse. I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> You'll really be in the zone. Um, this is gross. One boy had a cut almost five centimeters deep. St. John Ambulance staff noted that, quote, trachea and some cartilage were visible. <clears throat> you oh almost cut this dude's head off. That's like... Hey, do I'm me a favor, everybody. I'm measuring it between my fingers, all right? That's, that's <clears throat> yeah, I was two inches. Say, if, that you is... are, if you are listening, hold your thumb and your forefinger. Take, like, take the uh, Italian kissing <laughs> fingers pose that yeah. I assume you are still doing and separate your thumb and your forefinger about five centimeters apart. It's a lot. It's quite a lot. I'm you gotta. That's some. 
Surely there's effort involved. You're putting some elbow you're grease some into effort. that. I can't stop thinking about the absolute japery that's going on while this guy's bleeding out and the, and the, the audience thinks that it's part of the production, but <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> and imagine being the guy that did it. <laughs> Whoops! That wasn't supposed to be happening. So it's like there's this... Oh, I didn't know they put in... Um, I didn't know they also put in extremely realistic blood effects without talking to me about it. It just makes me think there's a particular level in the game Hitman where you've got to assassinate one of the cast members of an opera. And one of the ways you can do it is by, is by like, in this in this opera, there's a mock execution and you can just swap in a real gun. And oh, now I'm man. wondering whether... I'm suspicious about this. Come someone's on. Someone's got a price on this kid's head. Mm-hmm. Now, there's... There's another aspect to this that I'm going to have to try to wrap my head around in a second, but I'll continue with the rest of the WorkSafe report, which states like major this. veins and arteries are located in the region where contact with the straight razor is made. Yes, the yeah. neck. Yeah, it's one of the. It's <laughs> <laughs> where all your shit is. It's it's almost like it's that's there. part of the reason that people cut somebody's throat when they're trying to kill them. Yeah, uh-huh. like your neck is like ninety percent important stuff. There's that's barely true. any space wasted there. That's true. It's a it's a highly efficient area of the body. <laughs> um, <clears throat> damage to these veins, and especially the arteries, was life threatening. There was potential for death. Now, what <laughs> what is blowing my mind about this? Apart from the fact that this wasn't the first time that students had been injured by the razors. Um, and and none of these spurred anyone to say. Let's rethink the razors. The whole razor approach. Mm. Yep. Um, So, initially, the razors had been wrapped in tape by a teacher, but this wasn't sufficient on account of them being razors. (laughs) Um, So, they're already making the the razor look like shit by wrapping it in tape. What do you need the razor for? Why wouldn't you have a fake razor? So, during one rehearsal, a student received a small cut, and then another pupil suffered a friction burn a few days before the show. So, even when you've got it wrapped in tape, the person who's doing the cutting is absolutely really going, going to going town. You can just, just move your arm to the right. That's okay. There doesn't need to be any friction, because you're not actually trying to kill them. Maybe that's the problem. Are they doing a method thing? So, what's, what's fucking me right up about this? is that one person had their throat slit, like OJ style, almost taking their fucking head off, throat slit, during the opening night live production of Sweeney Todd at St. Kentigan's. And like, so this, this person went, oh no, actually, you've almost cut my head off. There's a ton of blood coming out. I'm almost dying. We all have to call an ambulance for me. To me, this is kind of the point where you stop the play. Yeah, that's it. For me, that's you. I reckon people would understand. Come on. I think people would understand, right? Uh Uh-huh. But instead, the play kept going and then they cut another person's throat? (laughs) No, I I don't believe you. I can't. Well, let's hold on. Let's ex- let's examine this. Let's examine this. Uh, let's examine this sentence again and see if I'm mistaken. On the show's opening night, two students were rushed to hospital after their necks were slit with a sharp shaving razor. Unless the two of them were sitting right up against each other with their their necks 
pushed up and then had it done at the same time and we were all very surprised it means that they have to have taken one of them off stage and been like hey that well, that's quite well, that a, didn't go so good that's quite a nick you've got there well um, just don't understand the theater the show must go on andrew the show must go on and it did i suppose it did i suppose it did nobody was like hey i think that's a real razor <laughs> nobody <laughs> Everyone said, really believes in the power of this high school theater. Nobody Damn, said that is realistic um, blood spurting from that kid's neck. And there, and there is a photo of that, by the way. If that's the kind oh. of thing that you're that you're into for for some reason, Mm-mm. it's not. <laughs> it's not. So, um, this WorkSafe report says that uh, Saint Kentigern's board of trustees was not informed that real razors were being used and missed the opportunity to investigate the injuries. Um. So, they recommended that the school be prosecuted, um, but also announced that they could go through a restorative justice process instead. WorkSafe undertook a full inquiry into this, and we accept their findings of serious failings in the systems and processes that were followed up to and surrounding the accidents, (laughs) St. Kendergren said in a statement. No shit. No shit. How... How... How do you... How do you cut... It's not making... How do you cut one kid during rehearsals and not go, oh, well, the, the yep. razor has the capacity the to cut one. still? Yep. Maybe. The razor maybe no is razor. the problem here. Like. How- <laughs> it's. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could have taken the razor to like, a, to like a knife sharpening place and said, opposite of sharp, please. Make this. Just a, a, a dull, rounded piece of steel. Or you could have not used a real straight razor. Who, who is the guy? Who made this decision? Who is behind this? And is he just sitting there going, well, slit one student's throat, shame on them. Slit <laughs> <laughs> two students' throats. It's just the, uh, yeah, it's just the drama teacher going, well, it's always next year. It's always wow. next year. We'll be doing uh, Robin Hood and giving all of the kids, like, real rapiers, you know? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the, oh. The, we'll be doing uh, the assassination of, uh, of Lincoln. Oh, boy. That's, uh, that's pretty wild to me. That's, it's pretty wild. It's, <laughs> it's a lot. It's just so hard to process the idea that, like, the first injury happened and that wasn't the end of the whole thing. Not like, and I'm not, yeah, the, the injury in the rehearsal, the, oh, it's just wild mm, stuff. Beautiful um, stuff. Wild stuff. And, of course, while we are laughing, you know, uh-huh. at the Did absurdity. You say laughing? I didn't say laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you? While we are laughing and um, at at the absurdity of the situation, obviously two people have been severely injured in a way that is probably going to give them uh, a very deep and understandable trauma. Mm, not laughing at um, them, to be clear. Please don't yell at us. Yeah, no more watching Sweeney Todd for those guys. No more going to the barber and saying, hey, nice clean shave, if you will, sir. Um, without immediately becoming extremely nervous. Mm-hmm. So that's probably really destroyed their relationships with their theatre teachers oh, and with yes. the very concept of straight razors. Speaking of destroying relationships, it must be time for a quick segment 
wherein we examine people's terrible, terrible relationship <laughs> problems. That's right, it's Paging Dr. Lucy. Goodness, I you want everyone at home to know just how loud that is in our ears when Andrew plays it while we're recording. It's it might so be that loud. loud to them at home. I don't know. It's it's funnier when it's louder, but also, are we going to keep playing that forever? That's the that's the second paging Doctor Lucy theme. Maybe I'm going to have to do a third one at some point. Maybe. Who knows? Anyway. From uh, one of the deepest holes in Reddit, and that's right, the relationships subreddit. We have a 27-year-old female with a 25-year-old male fiancé. Okay. Um, I I suspect that this is written by somebody with English as a second language. Um, I want to say European. Okay. That's the vibe I get. So, if that's how it sounds when I'm reading it, that's why. My fiancé spent our entire savings, which we were both saving for our wedding and honeymoon, to buy a gaming PC. (laughs) God damn. All right. It's a game of go. life. My fiance and I got engaged in December last year. In January this year, we both got together and decided to save money every month for our wedding and honeymoon. In six months, we saved around $8,000. Last month, my fiance's best friend bought a new gaming PC. So my fiance wanted to buy one. So he asked me, and I said, no, because we both already had laptops. I told him he can play games on a laptop that he already has. Okay, ridiculous, first of all, but anyway. (laughs) Is it a fancy Alienware laptop? Yeah, is it Alienware? Yeah, unless you've got that Alienware laptop, it really makes the uh, graphics pop. (laughs) This is an unpaid advertisement for (laughs) Alienware, which we're hoping to cash in later. Mm. Once again, Alienware, I implore you to give me a free gaming PC. Please. So that we may do better streams. Uh, He repeatedly kept asking me if he could buy a PC, and I finally agreed to it, which I now regret so badly. Very foreboding stuff there. After a week, the PC finally came, and with the PC, a new table and chair also was delivered. Uh, We're all picturing like a fancy streamer's gaming chair, right? I'm picturing a nice gaming chair for the amount of money this guy has apparently spent on this. Yep. Apparently, he had ordered a gaming chair and a table as well. That night, I asked him how much it all cost, and he was a little hesitant to tell me. After a while, he told me, and I was distraught when I heard he had spent our entire savings of $8,000 to buy the PC. What did you buy, sir? I want specs. My goodness. I I wonder if um, perhaps there is some kind of conversion thing happening on the money. Oh, right. Maybe it's not like US dollars or Australian dollars. Yeah, yeah, I'm wondering if it's... Yeah, who could say? Uh, We had a very big argument that night, and I scolded him for spending all of our savings because that savings contained not only his money, but my money as well. Uh, And we were saving it for our wedding. (laughs) (laughs) After everything I told him, his final reply was, I will earn it all back soon. I don't trust those words at all. (laughs) Like, if it took two of you six months to save $8,000... Uh, then how is this gonna guy just gonna immediately replenish that? Like he's certainly not. We know that's not <laughs> happening. He's 100% not. I thought anything worse than this couldn't happen at this moment. That's why it sounds very European. Uh, 
Um, but it has. It has been about two weeks since he got the PC, and since then, my f- my finance, um, my fiance hasn't gotten up from his new chair. Ooh. Ever since he got the PC, he hasn't even seen my face. The only time he talks to me is when he is hungry. He calls to me and tells him to get him something to eat or drink. I call him to watch TV, and he says that he's busy. I call him to sleep together, and he denies it and says that he will sleep later. His sleep schedule has been fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Very succinct. Um, He plays games the whole night and sleeps at 5am and wakes up at 2pm. He's asleep when I'm awake and he's awake when I'm asleep. For the past two weeks, I've been so lonely that it feels like I live alone with nobody to talk to. He is ignoring me so much that I think he has absolutely forgotten that I exist in his life. I honestly feel like his waitress nowadays. Because for the past two weeks, the only interaction we both have is him asking for food and water and me giving it to him. Oh boy. Goodness. He has also 100% stopped doing all the house chores. For the past two weeks, I've been the one doing all the chores and it's getting very hard for me to do it all alone. We used to share responsibilities and do all the work together, but from the past two weeks, he isn't even taking care of himself. He is barely even brushing his teeth and taking a bath, let alone doing the house chores. Also, this is the part that made me go, oh no. Also, he is actually supposed to be working from home, but ever since the PC arrived, he hasn't even touched his laptop to work and he isn't even seeing his phone to check if someone has called to text him regarding anything from work. I am now genuinely afraid that he will lose his job. This guy, this guy's just... And, and if, this is, if this is real, and of course we have to add the caveat on every single one of these that we, the, that the we read. The classic grain of salt, yes. Mm. Uh, this, this guy's just doing the, the ensuite post. Um... The guy used to be a uh, used to be a doctor um, and devolves slowly, physically, mentally in his chair until uh, his dick and balls switch places. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's happening here, except in real life. Um, I, I I guess I don't have that much trouble believing that there would be guys out there who would go, "Hey, I just bought myself a big new fancy gaming rig, and I have now completely lost any sense of the world." Mm. I believe this one for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm. Everything that is happening right now is so bad. I called my parents and told them about it last night and they almost had nothing to say. I'm thinking of calling his parents tonight and telling them and maybe they can knock some sense into him. I honestly don't know what else to do now. I want to burn that PC. It would be very nice if someone suggested something about this. Thank you very much for reading and thank you very much in advance for your comments and suggestions. <laughs> Have you considered shooting him with a gun? Yeah, I can mm. think of yeah one thing. Like, um, does she think all the problems will be solved if the PC is gone? No, absolutely. They won't. Not. Be. That's, that's the <laughs> that's the problem here. I, I can. Th- there's a very straight line to a solution here, which is um, somehow send him outside of the house for long enough to sell the computer and mm-hmm. then change all of the locks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might get some of your money back, maybe the four thousand dollars that belonged to you. Uh, and then you can just move on. You can on. just spend that. You can have fun yeah. with it because you don't need to have a wedding anymore. So No, that's right. Yeah, there's um, the problem is that there's two... Like, this is a sliding doors type scenario, right? Um, where there are actually two stories happening here. She thinks that this is a story about her relationship with her boyfriend who became her fiancé. She hopes to have a husband. Um, and she thinks that this is like... You know, the, the, the deep, dark times that they have to tough out and get through together so that they can have a happy marriage at some point. 
In reality, she is actually a smaller part of a story which is mainly about this guy um, just losing everything that he has in his life. Mm. It's going to be a story about how he decided that he didn't care about anything anymore, spent all of his and his partner's life savings on a gaming PC, lost his job because he wasn't doing any work anymore, then lost his fiance who moved out, and I'm assuming at some point will lose the place that he lives in, either from being thrown out by his ex-fiance or because he can't afford anything anymore and has to go back and live with his parents. Almost certainly. And she can just be doing something else. You know? You can just go... You could do anything hey. else. Like, I, I I think as well, if, if you were to approach this with even the slightest seriousness as, as a relationship concern, which you don't have to. You don't you have know. to. Um, I would be telling somebody in this type of situation, like, if this is a person you want to be married to, right? Spend mm. the rest of your life with. Each to their own. It, well, each to their own. But I think, like, as we have said a number of times before on this show, we live in an age, particularly in the places that we live, um, where marriage is extremely optional now. It is. And even when you're in one... You can just leave it. You can it's just really leave it. not that big of a deal. Marriage is very optional. And that's why I think if you are going to get married, ideally, you should be choosing to marry someone who you feel is just is is going to be all about having a really strong partnership with you for the right. rest of your life, who is gonna have your back, who is gonna work to support you, and who is basically going to have the presence of mind to say I need to consider both of us when I make my decisions. Yeah. That's like your baseline of marriage, I think. Yeah. Yep. That's that's just that that to me I think is the the foundation without which you are pretty much always going to have trouble with a with a long term relationship, you know? Yeah. Um, and even more so a marriage. Because while you can just leave a marriage, it's a pain in the ass. That's probably a pain in the ass. But she she can get out of there right now with no paperwork. Yeah, she could get out of there pretty easy right now and save a bunch of money. Probably won't even have to talk to a lawyer, you know? He's amazed at how long these things. Like, she's saying it's been going on for two weeks. Maybe I'm not a very patient person. <laughs> I can tell you that this would last two to three days at most. Yeah, without being like, okay, Peace. stop fucking around. <laughs> uh -huh. Go and wash your dick and balls mm -hmm. and call your boss. Like... Not not the best time in the world. If you are lucky enough, like this person, to be able to just work from home on your laptop, which is a, a great privilege to have at this particular sure moment is. in the world, um, then don't fuck that up. So, yeah, I think, I think ideally the type of person you should be picking to get married to is someone who will Watch have your best interests at heart. At all times. Yep. Um, will continue to watch themselves, that kind of thing. <laughs> so, so this isn't even a situation where like some hard decision had to be made. This isn't even a situation where, say, like I don't know. I'm trying to think of it like a really cliched example. Like maybe, maybe this guy used to like um, constantly have like uh, cigar poker nights with his buddies every Friday or used to take constant like boys trips or something and then you get married and you have some babies and you have to be like you know what I might have to not do so much of that stuff anymore 
because I have these other priorities. It's not even like that. It's like he went out of his way to do this. Just checking out from reality. I think whenever you get engaged to somebody, uh, there should be a service that is mandatory, I would say, uh, that does a search and print out and mails you all of his um, Steam reviews from the last two years. (laughs) And if he's on there trying to do, like, funny Steam reviews, um, then you can just, like, you can just walk away. That's it. You you're done. That's it. You just get out of there. Yeah, as a, as a reformed gamer, you don't want to <laughs> wait for him to like pop out on the other side of this. Yeah, this this is my point. I guess is that this was a situation where like nobody's back was up against a wall. There was nothing particularly pressing happening here. He was just like, hey, you know what would be cool is if I emptied our entire savings account so that I could play like Bayonetta at a higher frame rate. Mm-hmm. Um, bad that's bad to me so if this is what someone's doing when there's nothing on the line mm-hmm. imagine trying to ask them to make a sacrifice for you it's not happening at all get the fuck out of there anyway hey Andrew here if you are enjoying the show there's a great way to show your support and also get access to all of our bonus episodes that is over 300 episodes in total literally hundreds of hours you can head on to patreon.com slash Vista. And for only five US dollars a month, get yourself a pristine RSS feed with no bonus episode teasers and without this bit of audio of us asking you to subscribe to the Patreon. And doesn't that sound nice? It does, doesn't it? Well, think it over. People, we're all just big animals, am I right? Ain't that the um, truth? Hmm. Yeah, what do, you, what do you think about that theme? Well, I would say that we're kind of more in the medium size of animals but oh you know bigger than bigger than mice smaller than whales it's really mm. true when you think about it mm-hmm. that's so true <laughs> we're all just big the shaved last, monkeys the last line of Moby Dick <laughs> <laughs> big <laughs> much much to think about is the last <laughs> line of Moby Dick <laughs> <laughs> oh but much like that guy is just a big monkey sitting in front of a screen posting his funny Steam reviews. Um, we're all just big monkeys out here in nature. Country roads take me home to the place I belong. Winter is That's right, folks. Out here in nature, we're all just having our dicks snipped by a robber crab. It's the circle of life. Mm. And if you're wondering about what's going on in Australian politics or whatever, uh, Scott Morrison went to the football. So, there you go. There we go. There it is. Except some of our friends go to the football and we're like, good on you. Are we? (laughs) Are we? Are we? I don't know. I think the whole, like, I feel like a lot of the stuff with Scott Morris and things like that, going going to the football and standing there in a crowd, joylessly swinging his scarf around in a circle. I feel like um, a lot of the individual things that he does, including saying, ah, oh, I'm keen to go on a holiday. Um, they make people very mad. And they're the kind of actions that individually are not like the worst thing in the world. It's more just that he's like so 
incredibly bad at just that type of messaging. Very bad. Yeah. Just hire one PR person. And he looks please. terrible while he does it as well. He, sure he looks like Joyless. he's thinking about... No, there's a certain kind of joy, but it's the joy you kind of get when you're thinking about how good the shit's going to be um, after you take some Metamucil. <laughs> <laughs> Very specific. I love taking my medicine. Um, no, I guess, I guess like, um, you know... We all we all live in a world where we're all trying to do the the work life balance thing, and and it is is it's good to take leave. It's good to have a break from work and all that sort of thing. That said, we are in a position where the the consistent messaging from governments, I believe, should be, hey, you know what? I know we'd all love to be out there doing whatever the fuck we want, but we are in a time right now that requires some collective sacrifice from everybody. Um, so, you know, he loves to get out there and say, hey, you shouldn't be doing a, a protest about, you know, police brutality or anything. Um, but also, I love going to the footy. So, I'm going to do it. Mm. Doesn't look great, you know. Mm. Anyway, he's a big shave monkey. But we do have some other Nature Corner news coming in hot. Speaking of new- filthy rats. From New York. City of dreams and rats. That's right. City of Dreaming Rats? I think so. (laughs) So this is from The Guardian. New York City is starting to tentatively emerge from the ravages of the coronavirus pandemic, but a revival in outdoor restaurant dining is facing a new hazard. A plague of rats. (laughs) Just a little... Oh, you love to see it. (laughs) Little little plague. Paints such a beautiful picture. I love this. Goddamn. City of Dreams. Uh, diners are facing a surge in rat activity. <laughs> That's my favorite phrase in this. I hate it when so, there's a surge in rat activity. Just a big old graph of oh, rat activity going up. The line's going up. <laughs> Last week's bonus episode, of course, featuring um, you know some very specific information about uh, butter activities. And here this week, we are faced with a surge in rat activities. That's right. Diners facing a surge in rat activity following a lockdown period where the rodents were cut off from key food sources, such as businesses including restaurants and grocery stores, forcing rats to battle for snacks and even eat each other. Oh. Never thought about the effect that this lockdown would have on the rats. It's sad. Yeah, I I did read something recently that was like, uh, it might have been in Sydney, an exterminator talking about how like, They've they've had like a big boost in um, extermination jobs in suburbs and stuff because as soon as they shut down all these restaurants, people stop putting all their trash out and the rats just go, oh, well, we have to eat each other and our babies and immediately move out to other areas where there's food. Yikes. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Since the 22nd of June, New York City restaurants have been allowed to serve people again in outdoor settings, prompting sidewalks and car, spark- car parking spaces to be dotted with tables and chairs. But the resumption of alfresco dining has led to people having unexpected rodent companions for their meals. To me, I think that is one of the most American things I can think of. It's just a sad set of like tables and chairs in a Walmart parking lot um, while they're surrounded by rats mm. trying to eat their food. Beautiful. Well, I mean, this is the thing that we've seen a lot of people say about, like, New York and these different places. It's like, what is what is the obsession with being able to have your outdoor brunch, being able to be served by somebody? 
you know? You see these um you see these photos of people at like an alfresco dining thing out on the footpath and it's just like two or three people sitting at a table in their t-shirt and shorts sunglasses on very casual while they have their order taken by somebody who looks like they're in a full fucking biohazard yeah, suit from and like Resident Chernobyl Evil or something. Suit. it's crazy yeah they have like they have the the lower half of the face cotton face mask thing on followed by a full like a plastic full face shield um like scrubs like a full surgical gown kind of thing um taped up rubber gloves as they stand back from this person going please shout your order to me sir it's like how how many places do you have to go where somebody comes out and and looks like they've just handled the the deadly monkey from the movie outbreak uh before you say i wonder if i should be out here having Mm, food right now maybe i should just eat at home it's very strange uh Giacomo Romano, who owns Ciccio, nice. an Italian restaurant. You would have never guessed that. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, only a matter of time until it converts to a soul food restaurant for exposure. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Oh, give me a second to figure that one out. Nice. Um. Uh, Giacomo Romano said that rats from a nearby park have been harassing diners since the outdoor meals were permitted. (laughs) Last night, a customer had a baby rat running on his shoe, and I let you just imagine his reaction, Romano told NBC. (laughs) I am Mamma Mia. Doing the the pizza chef fingers. (laughs) Like, that's kind of signs on top of signs, you know? You've already got the person in the plague doctor outfit taking your order while rats crawl over your legs. It can't be that fun to to have your. I think that you know, sounds delightful personally, but what, it's not what ideal a, hygienically. What a what a wonderful atmosphere to have your eggs Benedict in. That's you know? right. It's like in Melbourne, you got sparrows on your table all the time. You just it's you're among it's nature. Culture. It is culture. Oh man. Romano and other business owners have called on the city to do more to reduce rat populations as the city hauls itself out of a pandemic crisis that has claimed more than 20,000 lives. New infections and deaths have dropped sharply since April, but New York City has postponed plans to allow indoor dining due to concerns over surging COVID-19 cases in other states, such as Florida, Texas, and Arizona. New York has waged a long and often fruitless war against rats. (laughs) You can't beat them. You will never win. <laughs> oh, so good. What a great sentence. I feel like there's nowhere in Australia where you could point to a long and often fruitless war against rats. I hadn't actually seen, I don't think, a wild rat until I came here. Huh. Not common. People, yeah. I feel like people talk about rats here, but I... But have, we've definitely had rats in the house. I've but mice in a house. A, Never some yeah, big old rats. But it's sort of like a... Once every couple of years thing, not a part of your daily life. Definitely thing. not. Was Theo, was it ever confirmed for you that there were rats as opposed to mouse? Mice? No, no, that's a good question. There are there are definitely mice in the shed because uh, I think they're after the chicken feed now. But uh, Oh yes, we had that issue. But there's there is a Oh, that reminds me of a gross thing that happened when I lived in Melbourne and we had lots of chickens, is that um once we were cleaning out the the whole uh, 
It was like we had chickens in this um in this big chicken run thing that we had just sort of attached onto greyhound sheds that used to used to be on the property that we rented. And um and so somebody we were cleaning that out and somebody like lifted up this big chunk of wood or something and there was like a mouse or rat nest under there with a bunch of baby ones in it. Oh no. And all the chickens immediately went <gasps> um, yum 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 oh, and no. ate them all. Oh, no. And we were oh, like, no. you disgusting little beasts. Oh, oh. Chickens, chickens do love to eat some meat, though. I'll tell you that. Oh, they sure do. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, there, there is the old um, adage about, uh, about like things crawling around in your walls and your roof sounding much louder, like sounding much bigger than they are, like... Um, like if you, th- if it sounds like rats, it's probably mice. If it, if it sounds like possums, it's probably rats. Well, I don't believe that for a second. If it sounds like a fully grown person running around on the roof of your house, it's possums, you know? Yeah. That kind of thing. Anyway, um, the resumption of dining activity is likely to stir a wave of activity among rats following a period of relative famine, meaning interactions with people are set to continue. Quote, Rats are designed to smell molecules of anything that's food-related, Bobby Corrigan, an urban rodentologist, told NBC. Urban rodentologist. Yeah. Urban rodentologist, that is... Bobby the Rat Man. Bobby the Rat Guy, the urban rat guy. (laughs) What an incredible job. I deal with street rats. Street rats only. No, no, there's wild rats for me. (laughs) (laughs) Country mouse, street rat. That's a completely completely separate science, the Mm -hmm. the rural rodentology. Entirely different field. They follow those food mo- food molecules like heat-seeking missiles, and eventually, you know, they end up where those molecules are originating. I believe he's talking about the food. Rats do be smelling food. That's mm. I've heard this about them. They love it. They freaking love it. And they now, need it. Share your food with the rats. Give them a break. Yeah. Uh, it is time for us to delve into the mailbag. I have demanded that Theo and Lucy not read this letter ahead of time. I haven't. Because it involves a quiz that I would like them to attempt to answer. Ooh. Okay. Uh, so here we go. Letter from the mailbag. Hey guys, want to say thanks for keeping me sane. I'm studying for the Pennsylvania bar exam right now, which just yesterday was postponed for a second time. Truly fun stuff. Anyway, since she had one semester of law school, I thought I would send Lucy an example of the extremely realistic questions I have to answer in my oh, review course. Boy. <laughs> See attached. This happens to be a torts question, but recently I did a contracts question where they asked about what would happen if space debris plummeted to Earth and destroyed a garage which was the subject of a renovation contract. The answer? Performance under the contract is excused. Uh, so we have the attached letter here. Sorry, the attached example. Um, which I'm going to read to you guys, and then I will give you the multiple choice answers. And I mm-hmm. want you both to have an attempt. <clears throat> Here it is. Uh, a law enforcement officer was transporting a prisoner on a plane to testify in a criminal case. Unknown to those on the plane, an assassin hired to kill the prisoner had bribed an airport baggage handler to sneak a timed release crate of poisonous snakes into the cargo hold <laughs> of the plane. <laughs> All right. Sounds very familiar. See where this is going. Once the crate was triggered to open, the snakes were able to slither into the passenger compartment through gaps in the conduits between the cargo hold and the passenger compartment. In the ensuing panic caused by the snakes, the officer was struck in the head by a fire extinguisher that another passenger threw at a snake and suffered a severe concussion. 
The officer filed suit against numerous parties, including the person who designed the conduit system on that type of plane. At trial, evidence established that the design for the conduit system that he had used had been rejected in the industry because of a danger of pressure loss between the cargo hold and the passenger compartment. An industry-approved design that the designer could have used would have kept the snakes from getting into the passenger compartment of the plane. What the fuck are you talking about? What is happening? (laughs) As between the officer and the designer, which party is likely to prevail? Is Is this real? Yes. This is a real question from the Pennsylvania Bar Exam. Now, here are the answers. I'm taking this all in again, but yes, continue. All right, so so the officer has sued various people, including the person who designed the conduit system that the snakes snuck through into the plane. Uh, it has been established at trial that the that the designer could have just used an already industry-approved design, right. which also would have kept the snakes from getting into the plane, therefore stopping him from getting hit in the head with a fire extinguisher. So... In this lawsuit between the officer and the designer, who is likely to prevail? Is it A, the officer, because the designer is strictly liable for designing the conduit system of the plane? Is it B, the officer, because of the high degree of care owed to passengers of a common carrier? Is it C, the designer, because the assassin's actions were an unforeseeable intervening force? Or is it D, the designer, because the officer was injured by another passenger rather than a snake? (laughs) Oh, boy. This is beautiful, oh, by the way. Here I am at law school talking about snakes on a plane. The law is fake. Um, I'm pretty sure the answer is C. It's got to be C, it's right? It's the desire. Also, it's an unforeseeable action. Uh, you are both correct. Okay. The designer <laughs> is immune from prosecution due to the assassin's actions being an unforeseeable intervening force. And that's going to be important for them to know going into uh, <laughs> this very likely scenario. Like going into prosecuting poor people for having drugs on them or whatever the fuck. Or the most common lawyer job, which is just doing divorces, I assume. Important stuff. <laughs> Now, this comes to us. Uh, Hope you are all staying safe and well. Val, or Valerie, who says, My P.S. My partner is a Patreon subscriber. I hope it's okay for me to send this to the mailbag. I'm wondering if this is Valerie of the infamous Peter and Valerie ibuprofen dispute. I hope so. (laughs) In which case, we would just like to say thank you for sending that in, Valerie, and you are still correct in that scenario. Uh-huh. Oh, dear. Uh, now, we got one more letter here, um, which I'm going to hit us with. Everybody, can you guys just kind of brace yourselves a little bit? I'm braced. I'm, I'm in the braced position. Oh, well, please brace your heart. Uh, this letter comes to us titled, Thanks for Everything. Hey, Bunta, because of the chill vibes you guys put out, I tend to listen to the show before bed most nights with my dog. He seems to like it. His ears perk when the music starts and he knows it's time for bed. By the time you guys see this, he'll be gone. He has advanced renal failure and congestive heart failure. And in the span of a few days, he went from taking half mile walks to not being able to get up. I'm sorry to be so down, but I can't think what else to say about it. His name is Ziggy. He's 11 years old and a Boston Terrier. He has one blue eye. He was at the pet store for four months before we brought him home. He bites and is constantly anxious. I love him more than anything. 
The memories I have of listening to you all laugh at psychos on Reddit with this little puppy mill, cu- mill dog curled up in the crook of my knees will, I hope, be with me forever. Even on the ride home from the vet when they told us he wasn't going to make it and this would be his last night at home, I put the show on in the car and it seemed to calm him down. I know this is depressing, but I felt that describing him to a total stranger from the beginning would help me process my grief. And the show has been a part of our routine for a while now, so I figured I'd let you know. So, Andrew, Ben, Lucy and Theo, thanks. From the bottom of my heart. I'm so grateful for all of those nights with my best friend in the world and Bunta Vista. Sorry for running on and being so corny, Lucas. P.S. There's a photo attached. Oh. You can all see little Ziggy with his nice blue eye. Love him. Love you, Ziggy. I just had all the irony drained from my body. (laughs) I'm sincere now. That's a very sweet and lovely letter. That's very lovely. um, I feel very sad about it, but thank you. (laughs) Yes. It's, um, it's, It's a weird thing. It's a weird thing doing a show like this and being able to just have have strange little connections with people all over the world. And um, and I think we all kind of feel the same thing, which is, uh, I guess, any time that you can just have a have a nice impact on somebody's life in any kind of way is really it's very nice. nice. Please give Ziggy big kisses from all of us. Yeah. On his mouth. Poor little Ziggy. Um, well, thank you for sending that in. Because while it is sad, it's also very, very nice. And we're very glad to be part of the memories um, that you shared with your beautiful little doggy. We sure are. I've been getting closer and closer and closer to getting a dog again. Um, and this also just reminds me that that's that's part of the package, you know? Yeah, they die. Part of the package is that um, you get to have a really nice relationship with a, with a, a little little person um, but then at some point it probably has to end <sighs> thanks for that Andrew <laughs> hey look I think that's a, a very nice thing to share and oh, it, is, nice. it is a nice thing and I think one thing that I've I've found from the people that are kind of like the, that write into us and the people that are on the discord um, is an undercurrent of sincerity and and kindness and i'm i'm glad that uh that's they're the kind of people that have have chosen to hang out with us and and listen to our show so i agree thank you for the letter it's a lot better than being like ben shapiro and being yeah. like huh this is the second time this year someone's done a mass shooting while talking about no, how much they love that my show no, please don't do that in our name yeah. <laughs> i guess upset. i'm saying i guess i'm saying i think that that's relatively unlikely to happen <laughs> Say that now. We should go on, <laughs> on record. We're, we're an anti-mass um, shooting podcast. I get, yeah. You know what? Can't speak Just for in case ben, that needs to be But definitely us three, at least. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ben's not here to say Ben's that. Ben's silence on this <laughs> issue is definite. We, we just couldn't... We wouldn't be right to assume his position on it, so... you got to let him speak for himself, you know? Oh, boy. So, everybody, uh, keep your eyes peeled on Ben's Twitter account. See if there is an anti-mass shooting statement coming out anytime soon. Oh, well, that's it for us, folks. Um, Hey, you know, it's really nice to get things like that in. And, of course, we would say to everybody, if you love the show, feel free to, like, tell somebody about it. We can't do that due to the fact that it is an extremely crippling thing to say out loud to anybody the words 
I have a podcast. You can't start a sentence like that and I won't do it. You can say it, but saying I want you to listen to it, it's a bridge too far for me. Mm -hmm. No. I personally love it when I talk to like uh, friends, my real friends, and they say, hey, I haven't like listened to your podcast or anything. And I go, great. Good. good. (laughs) You don't need to. Not I don't. I, yeah, I don't. I don't want to talk to you about it like it's a real thing. Um, that said, you know, obviously we love that people listen to it. Uh, that's great. Great to have a bit of word of mouth. Please feel free to tell other people about the show because we won't do it. We will not do it. We refuse. Yeah. So that's where we need you. You know, stick the old uh, five star review on the show. Turn to the person to your left at work, and if you can bring yourself to do it, you can start a sentence like. I listen to a podcast, comma, and then you can go on to describe whatever it is that you like about it. And if they're kind of distant in the workplace um, from then on out, they've probably just got something else on their mind. (laughs) It's it's not the Mm -hmm. podcast stuff. This does kind of make me think, um, you know, you want to tell them what you like about the show. Is Bigfoot circumcised? Uh, We took a trip to Italian Bavaria. Uh, If you would care to try to explain any of those things then that's great. I guess the only other thing to announce in relation to, um, you know, our our Patreon, um, where people sign up to get an extra episode of the show every week, is that we had a a nice big influx of people this month pushing us over our most recent goal, at which time we said we're going to get a real copy of the 1992 self-published pseudoscience book by um, David Jim's Mowing Penman, titled The Hungry Ape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this, of course, is the book that was referenced in the infamous bonus episode, Jim's Wet Dome, in which uh, Ben and Theo went into a deep dive on the strange, strange proclivities of the founder of the Jim's Mowing Empire. Which, again, if you are not from Australia, is going to mean nothing to you. And it's going to be very baffling to you as you try to unravel it if you go back and listen to that it's episode. It's pretty straightforward. It's Jim and he's mowing, so. Is it, though? Is it also really. Jim's computer repairs? He's doing all is sorts Is it also of shit. Jim's pool cleaning? I think Jim's ben, busy. ben said there's something like 34 different ones. Of wow. Them. 34 different franchises where somebody will show up with a trailer with Jim's grinning visage on the side of it. Um, who then will try and uh, do whatever it is around your house. But also, he um, has spent millions of his own money on trying to develop a limitless-style IQ-boosting drug to be administered by nasal spray in order to equalize the various deficiencies of races around the world. (laughs) Money makes you crazy. It makes you a crazy person. It sure does. It sure does. So, um, so we are going to get a hold of some copies of this book. We're going to read them and we're going to give you a deep, deep dive into the wild mind of, of the founder of Jim's Mowing. Jim. <laughs> you know, I, I had forgotten for like two days about this. <laughs> it's sort of like the period in Eternal Sunshine in between relationships <laughs> where I was just sitting there with a big old grin on my face. <laughs> going, huh, I feel like there's something. But I can't put my finger on it, and I'm just enjoying being in the moment. <laughs> yep. Anyway, no more of that for you. That's gone. The things we do for content. Mm. Well, 
that's it for us, everybody. Uh, as always, if you would like to send in a suggestion for us to talk about on the show, a question you want answered, anything like that, shoot an email to mailbag at buntavista.com. Uh, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.